ESG strategy needs to be the integral part of business strategy. Um, and I think that is the shift they need to do. And some organizations are adopting this strategy, but not many. So I think that is the shift which needs to take place. Welcome to the Search and Succeed podcast. I'm Rob Glass, Managing Partner of Hunston Partners. We are so fortunate to share many journeys with some exceptional people throughout their careers, people whom are thriving in their area of expertise. And on this podcast, we'll be chatting with them about how they perceive and strive for success within their industry and their life. I hope you enjoy Today we have a wonderful guest joining us, Geeta Blake. Geeta is a remarkable individual who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table. With a truly impressive background, Geeta has enjoyed and created her success as a senior executive within global listed technology, digital and consulting organizations. However, her passion for sustainability and environmental, social and governance practices led her to her current roles as a non-executive director. Geeta's unique blend of senior executive expertise and experience within enterprise and more agile companies provides her with a holistic understanding of the business landscape. As a guest on today's episode, she will share her insights on how organisations can navigate the rapidly evolving world of sustainability and ESG. As we uncover the strategies, challenges and opportunities associated with building sustainable and socially responsible businesses, whether you're an executive, an entrepreneur or aspiring leader, this conversation with Geeta is sure to inspire you. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Geeta. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today with you guys and talk about areas that I'm very passionate about, such as technology, sustainability, and ESG. Absolute pleasure. I can't wait to get in to talk about that. David and I have got loads of questions. And, you know, I think that when it comes to the ESG and sustainability element, you know, I, I know that you are so in that world at the moment. So we, we're really keen to get into something that's at the top of so many people's agendas. But how are you, Gita? How is life treating you right now? Yes, no, very good. Very good. Uh, sort of a new phase in my life because I have been in a executive leadership for many years. Mm. And in the last couple of years, I switch into a portfolio career and uh, I'm focusing on learning. I'm focusing on uh, working with uh, a startup and uh, innovative SME companies who are focusing on creating innovative products and solutions to address net zero and sustainability. So it's a very exciting time for me. Yeah, and it's so relevant. And with all the conversations that everyone's having at the moment regarding technology and artificial intelligence. I think the sustainability element of that is also 
incredibly relevant. Uh, certainly the, the the governance element as well, which we'll come on to. David, you well? Everything good? All good at my end. Just very much looking forward to diving in, getting into the bones of what Geeta's doing and the areas that she's operating in these days. Geeta, one of the things that we always talk about on this podcast is, and, and fundamentally the main element of the podcast is around success and succeeding and what success means to you and to me and to David and to everyone that listens to this is going to differ in a, in, a, in a different way. Keen to find out about what you think about success. But when you hear about the phrase search and succeed, what does it mean to you? Yes. Uh, so search and success for me is a journey, continuous journey of discovery um, of the things or areas that make your life more meaningful and more fulfilling. And through this journey, we will uh, learn how to adapt and how to become resilient. We learn what we are truly passionate about. Um, We learn the joy of learning. And uh, we learn about how to, as as much as possible, how to be impacted, more impactful to everything around us, our families, our friends, our society, our colleagues. So it is a um, ongoing and continuous search for me. And you use the word resilience there, which I think is such a prevalent word always. But 2023 just seems like a, a year where resilience is, uh, I think, right at the foremost of a lot of people's vocabulary as far as life and work and and everything that's going on and all the challenges that that are coming to us uh, on a on a daily or a weekly basis. But you're right, you know, searching for that success. What what does success look like for you? What does what drives and motivates you, Gita? Yes, I mean, I have always been motivated by being uh, impactful. I always wanted to make a difference, uh, irrespective of the context I operated. And um, you know, for me, um, my family is a great source of uh, joy and energy. So I would very much strive to be impactful uh, for them, for my family and my friends. In terms of business, I've always uh, tried to be impactful to the businesses I worked for and for the clients that we served and to be also impactful as much as possible to the environment that uh, I'm living in and the community and the society that uh, I am uh, close to. So I think finding that balance where you can um, create a impactful context where you can impact everybody, all the stakeholders in your life, I think that is a great formula for success. I think about it a lot, as you can imagine, And I know that I struggle with that balance. You mentioned three different elements there, family, well, family and friends, I suppose, in in one bracket, work and business in another, and then community and social element in in the third. And, you know, I I think about it a lot because we talk about it so much and I'm therefore then constantly trying to balance the three. And uh, because for me, certainly the first two are super, super important for my personal success, health and well-being being the other and there's times where I just go you know what Rob I'm probably failing a little bit in one or maybe even two of them at certain points where the other one is you know superseding it Um, how do you manage that yourself how do you try and find the balance Gita? 
I think for me, uh, the best advice is not to look for perfection. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I used to be perfectionist and I learned uh, that uh, that's not possible. So you have just to uh, try your very best and, um, and try to um, achieve that balance, which makes sense for you in the context of your life. Because obviously that balance has definite, different definition for different people. And also, I think it depends on the, um, where you are on the journey of your life, because in some period, obviously, your balance move towards right or left. So I think the best thing is try to get to a, a center point where you have that complete balance um, amongst all those elements which are key to your life. We talk a lot about coaching, uh, the search and succeed term initially started with the Hunston Partners Company around finding a role for someone and then help coaching them into into that new role. And then obviously the term itself has broadened out to just generally what we're talking about, but coaching itself and having a life coach, a career coach, someone who is sitting, I suppose, alongside you questioning or enabling you to answer questions about yourself for each of those aspects, I just think is so incredibly useful for, for everybody. I know it's not, you know, always the easiest thing to have and to incorporate into your life, but I suppose like a tennis player is at the top of his game, you know, he has a coach there to do it, to tweak little bits and pieces. And it's the same with us in life, isn't it? You know, how are we tweaking the elements to, in order to create and find that success? Absolutely. I think coaching is very important. I think mentoring is very important. And uh, I and especially for the professional people, uh, because obviously uh, the corporate life is not very easy. I mean, we all know that. And uh, so very important to uh, have a mentor that you trust and, and uh, can guide you um, through your you know, career journey. Um, I mean, I, I mentor, I, I mentor um, many um, professional females. Um, across the world because uh, I'm very focused on diversity and I'm a champion for women's rights and women's uh, equality. So and I do my very best to support as many as women I can. Um, so so that is really very fulfilling for me. What and I guess mean? it's 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 not it's not a model that is a, a constant, right? It's ever changing and it's got to adapt to the environment and the world that we live in. I think if COVID has taught us anything, it's been the fact that the world does change and the way that we do things changes from a business perspective, from a life, a work, a a family perspective. Um, And therefore, I think we, we talk about the word being adaptable, being flexible, being agile quite a lot when we talk about what it takes to be successful in all these aspects of, of life um so having a a rigid cookie cutter type approach is never never really going to work you have to show that uh willing and want to be flexible Mm. in order to 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 drive that success in in whatever area of life yeah that agility is so important Gita how do you on the mentorship side it's really interesting what do you find is the biggest challenge that you have when you're when you're mentoring different personalities i mean i think you have to obviously understand the person you have in front of you in the sense that my mentees they are you know they come from different parts of the world 
uh, Europe, Australia, US, and obviously they come from different cultural backgrounds and uh, different contexts. So you have just to understand and be able to relate to people coming from different uh, you know, diverse backgrounds mm. uh, and culture. So that is, I think, is very important because there is uh, no one formula, as they've said. So, you know, it, it, you, you have just to tailor that depends on who you have in the front of you and what is the circumstance of that person. So uh, you have to have, uh, obviously, be agile and in terms of your thinking and your approach. And uh, most importantly, to be very compassionate diversity is so important and it's amazing that you're such a champion of it and you know we've seen in i suppose mostly in enterprise and corporations how important it is to hire more diversity across an organization have you felt like it's improved significantly over the last five ten years or is there still a long way to go no absolutely has improved um uh, of course we have still a lot of work to do but I mean, it, it really improved uh, from when I when I got into the technology uh, you know, industry and sector. And um, so uh, perhaps I can just share with you my background in terms of how I got to, to this sector. And um, so, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was, I mean, the whole started over 25 years ago when I was, you know, a, a young woman. And uh, I was at the point I, I needed to decide which subject I'm going to study in the university. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, like many, many, many young, young people, I didn't know what I wanted to study. And, but what I did know is that I, I wanted to study something challenging. And I wanted to learn something new. And I wanted to learn something different and something which was going to be disruptive and uh, something which was going to be impactful. This is what I knew, but I didn't know how to translate that. So at that point in time, you know, technology industry was, uh, was uh, quite new. I mean, it did exist, but it wasn't as mature as how it is today. And there was this new subject. Um, I was in Italy, and uh, so there was this uh, new course in, in, in Milan University. And it was about computer science and information technology. And this is something really, really, you know, uh, exciting. And, uh, and I felt this is really going to be disruptive and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so I applied, I joined. And the first day I arrived to, the, to, to my course, I opened the door and I saw 200 boys and six women in that course. <laughs> right. I was completely shocked. And um, so obviously, um, you know, 25 years ago, women were not encouraged to go for STEM subjects. They were not mm. encouraged to go for information technology uh, as a subject um, or even as an industry. So um, so that was sort of an eye-opener for me. And um, um, unfortunately, the same theme um, existed all through my career after uni as well for many years. Having said that, um, I think nowadays is very different. I think um, the technology industry is much more inclusive now. And there are many women in a very senior positions doing fantastic uh, you know, work in, a, in, in this technology, in the technology space. And I think women are uh, have much more possibilities now 
to explore this industry and uh, to focus on uh, you know all sorts of the technological innovation uh, to add value back to the economy and to the society it's really interesting you talk about the the massive disparity in those numbers there's a famous chap who's a psychologist you might know jordan peterson who talks about this quite a lot about males and and, and females going into different industries do you think that it's a, a male and versus female thing uh, based on what males are attracted to, you know, maybe building stuff, as he says, and females maybe more attracted to people-related stuff? Or do you think, as you say, it's more what society through generations has pushed us in different directions? Yes, I don't believe in this is thing for men and this is a thing for women. I don't mm. believe it at all. And it's all about, uh, you know, are we really supported to go for the things we want to do in life as a women, you know, being a sport, being technology, being a STEM subjects, being, you know, wanting to become CEO of a large corporation. So it is all about, are we getting a, a right encouragement and support to fulfill, uh, you know, our dreams? So yeah. um, that is what I believe in. So I don't think there is any specific which is called this is for men and this is for women and it, look, even if those stereotypes stigmas were right which oh, I, I don't particularly believe they were either in the space that you spent most of your career in Gita, the it services space where you're not working for an end user organization you're working in 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 a capacity of serving clients who are end users really a lot of what you're doing is bringing the technology so the hands-on build uh the people and the process together so to go back to what rob was just saying before about how one could potentially be stereotyped towards one gender or the other i guess the services world actually brings it all together with as i say technology people and process all coming under one bracket Absolutely. I mean, is is you know, I have operated industry which is was not, and it's not only about technology for the sake of technology. It's about technology ap- applicable to business, mm-hmm. and it's about people, mm-hmm. and it's about you know working with people, and it's about uh, nurturing and mentoring people, and uh, you know helping your teams and helping your colleagues and supporting well your clients. So it, it, it is, uh, uh, you know, very broad, it has a broad dimension. It's not just technology for the sake of technology. Mm. So, um, you know, we have to be uh, conscious of the fact that is, is, we are doing, we are covering so many aspects of, 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 of business here. And not only one dimension, which is the pure technology. And clearly what you were studying at at university led you into the career that has uh, now served you very well over many years into the IT services spaces. You work for a number of different organizations in, in leadership capacities. Um, not not talking about any one specific organization, but that that industry and that space in general. How how have you seen it change over the years, and and how do you feel that those types of organisations, and maybe even going into your, again not specific but clients' organisations, uh, are are they future proofing? Are they setting themselves up for success, utilising all the different um, things that they have? to their disposal? Yeah, very good question. Obviously, technology has uh, dramatically changed from when I was studying it, because uh, when I was in uni, 
the internet didn't exist. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the smartphones didn't exist. Um, and the social media didn't exist. All these things happened, uh, you know, in the last 20, 23 years. Um, so it, it did exist, in a, but it wasn't really mainstream. I mean, internet existed uh, in the mid eighties, but uh, it was not mainstream. Mm. So we just started really to use internet around uh, 1993. Um, and uh, so, um, Obviously, once we had access to advanced technologies, we could really um, enhance the way we support our, our clients. So, you know, obviously, we, we work with the clients in terms of helping them to change their business model, in terms of helping them to increase their productivity, um, helping them in accessing or targeting new clients. And technology helps us to... Um, uh, really um, improve, enhance the services that our clients provide to their clients. So, um, so many things that technology really help our clients to improve in terms of uh, their, uh, you know, operating model, in terms of their supply chain, in terms of their, um, you know, um, improving the, uh, their customer satisfaction and their employee satisfaction. So those things are still valid. They are still happening in the organizations, but they are in a new new curve of maturity at the moment. So, and I think the fact that we are now living in a world that is fully connected, thanks to technology, that really creates sort of a new dynamics in terms of being able to do more innovative things and apply more innovation into your businesses. Yeah. We all know about the emerging technologies such as IoT and the AI and uh, ML. So all these emerging technologies are going to revolutionize the way we live, the way we consume, the way we learn. Um, so they are extremely important and they are going really to derive a lot of change, I think. Um, to the world and also um, I'm, I'm confident that um, you know through technology we can uh, enable better sustainability and mm -hmm. uh, we can help tackling some of the major issues that the world is facing. So relevant isn't it and what what's clear about the way that you think Gita is about the today but also the tomorrow and it's probably what has appealed to you when it comes to the some of the non-exec work that you're doing right now within sustainability and ESG. Did that come to you or did you go and find those opportunities? Is that something you're just generally really passionate about? Oh, I am very passionate about that. It didn't come to you. Nothing comes to you. <laughs> you have to look for it. You have yeah. to search and succeed. <laughs> uh, so, um, yes, I uh, basically, when I uh, stopped with my executive uh, career, I decided to go back to study. And I thought about what is it that I'm really passionate about? And I'm going to study that. And Amazing. that was about, you know, sustainability strategies and circular economy. And uh, that was an unbelievable experience, really, really fulfilling. And I wanted to put in practice what I studied. So um, hence, I started to focus on companies uh, who are uh, who have their products uh, to resolve 
yeah. uh, you know, net zero and uh, climate change. When I think of sustainability, I, I think of three elements. I think of the environmental, the, the social and the economic impact of sustainability, which I think we've talked about business here and we've talked about people. Um, you just mentioned environmental uh, elements. Is the work that you're doing, the way that you are thinking just generally, does that kind of cover across all three components? Yes, it does. Um, I mean, the, the fact is that the world is, is confronted with unparalleled, um, you know, obstacles and challenges, yeah. which goes through all dimensions of uh, climate change, uh, inequalities, discriminations. So, you know, there are many aspects that the world is, uh, is, uh, is, you know, is finding it challenging. We all are finding it challenging. Yeah. So, so we all have a role to play to tackle these challenges. Uh, corporations have the role to play. Um, governments have the role to play. And individuals have role to play. So, um, you know, if you look at from the business perspective, mm. companies for decades, companies focus on uh, creating a economical value for their shareholders. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a change, a shift, not change, but there is a shift in, um, yes, focusing on creating value for your shareholder, but also incorporating other important values, such as social and environmental. So yes. companies have the duty to look after their employees, to look after their health, uh, physical health and mental health. They do have duty to look after, to look at their supply chain, and to ensure that uh, you know they are um, in line with uh, you know the human rights mm-hmm. and uh, you know other aspects, social aspects, which are really very critical. Um, and um, and also from um, you know climate change perspective, um, I mean we are going through a. a, a huge challenge at the moment because obviously the level of sea is rising and uh, you know the weather is unpredictable and um, we have a huge amount of pollution and this is all leading to a, a catastrophical you know um, impact on humans yeah um, so so we can't ignore all these aspects so it's really, really important to look at it from you know, 360 degrees ESG being environmental, social, and governance. I mean, the area which is sort of less um, uh, viewed by 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 people is the is the G, the, the mm. governance, because obviously it's more uh, relates to the context of the uh, businesses. Uh, but that is really important. It's, it's very critical because you know boards are thinking about. Uh, some of the key aspects, such as the composition of the board, uh, such as the uh, the diversity of the board, and uh, you know uh, we talk about uh, you know resilience and vulnerability. I mean, uh, what about the cyber securities? These are really very very key mm. topics um, that the boards are thinking and uh, and need to find uh, you know um, satisfactory solutions to.
Just a quick pause to the podcast to share with you a charity very close to our hearts, Prevent Breast Cancer, who are just incredibly passionate about stopping the disease before it starts. Prevent Breast Cancer promote healthier lifestyles, screening and early diagnosis. They make sure 100% of their research funding is focused on preventing breast cancer for future generations. They're the only UK charity entirely dedicated to the prediction and prevention of breast cancer. They're right at the front line in the fight against the disease. And we are right behind them. And that G as well, the governance element, when we've been talking so much as we do every day about artificial intelligence right now, I think the responsibility and the governance around AI is going to be critical for mankind, right? Absolutely. So it's so prevalent, actually. Just going back to the environmental part, what can businesses and people do? People as a person, you always feel like you're just one person. So what can I really do? But as a major corporation, our corporations taking it really seriously there's obviously a lot of talk about it a lot of pr potentially are they taking it seriously enough and i bracket everyone in they what what more can organizations do in order to look after again the future of the planet fundamentally i think uh yes i think yes she is real i think is uh, is 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 now and here and i think that the organizations they are fully aware and they're putting plan in place to um to to address that mm. Um, having said that, uh, uh, there are not many organizations who have adopted their sustainability practices successfully. I right. mean, they are all trying. Most of them are trying, um, and uh, at, they are at the d- different, you know, maturity levels. Right. But uh, only few have really successfully adopted these practices. Mm. Um, I mean, I can share some examples with, with some clients or sure. companies that I know that I came across, because this goes across all the sectors. So if you look at, for example, the sector of um, um, clothing, um, so there is this co- global company, I, I can't make the name because I did ask permission. But uh, they have very successful global clothing business. And uh, in order to become a a truly sustainable business, um, they set the objective to create a trust where all their shares sits in this trust. And everything that they have in terms of the cash, which over and above what they need, will be addressed for environmental crisis. So their main stakeholder is planet. So they're entirely focused on planet. So this is a story of success by a global organization. Um, And, um, you know, it can set example for many others. So these things are not impossible. But it needs um, uh, it needs a buy-in uh, from all the stakeholders in the company. Mm. It needs uh, a proper plan, mm-hmm. and it needs to be measured. I mean, organization have have to have to face the fact that they have to take the responsibility because uh, their investors are demanding for 
reports, it shows that they are following, you know, the ESG, taking the ESG responsibilities. Mm -hmm. The regulatory bodies is demanding for a specific type of reportings. The customers are demanding to uh, buy products from the more sustainable companies. Yeah. Even employees, especially the new generation, they want to work for organization who, who are value-driven and have a strong purpose um, and uh, have priority to serve environment and social as well as shareholders. So, Keith, can you, can you give us some more examples of, of good practices across different sectors? Yes, sure. So if you look at across uh, private sector, for example, we have examples in the uh, CPG sector, consumer goods, where uh, we know about this global um, CPG company uh, can't make the name, say the name, but uh, they manufacture wonderful training shoes, so you can guess. And 70% um, of the training shoes that they manufacture, it is made of um, recycled uh, materials. So um, they have changed their business model in, in order to accommodate not a traditional model, but a mm -hmm. circular model within their business, which enabled them to uh, manufacture products which comes from completely recycled uh, materials. So right. this is again another uh, success story. Moving into financial services, there is a, a major bank in Europe and uh, they, um, the portfolio that they manage um, the majority of this portfolio is completely focused on sustainable businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, so they are leading the way uh, in the financial services in terms of um, you know, um, their ESG agenda and practices. Um, moving into manufacturing of the furniture, uh, again, another uh, global company, um, in the in Europe, and uh, all the furniture that they uh, manufacture comes from recycled materials. So there are there are few examples, and these companies they have been very successful in terms of creating a balance uh, in terms of economical value, but also social and environmental value. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, nobody can get it completely right, right? 100% balance. The per perfection doesn't exist. But the, I think the, the important point here is this organization, this you know, corporation, they really understood the importance of um, being, having a social conscious as a corporation, um, as well as providing value for their shareholders. And they are committing to do good and they are um, you know, being uh, very successful in terms of adopting uh, these sustainable practices. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely great that you can, we're at a point now where we can just reel off organization after organization that is is really making an impact and where this is at the forefront of the thinking um, however that really 
needs to continue to be accelerated. Um, and I have no doubt it will pick up a lot more pace and a lot more steam over the next few years. Because I, I was actually reading uh, an article uh, based on a study a couple of days ago um, that was saying that when surveyed and when researched, around 90% of executives in uh, global organizations consider sustainability to, to be extremely important. But actually only 25% of those organizations have actually incorporated ESG and sustainability into their business model itself, rather than it just being a thought that they have and something that is high up on their agenda. Um, so hopefully those those examples that you've just given us are just going to be more and more and more over over the coming years. And it's going to be at the at the forefront of people's minds. Absolutely. I think, we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, many organizations are trying uh, but not just a few have been really successful. So this is sort mm -hmm. of this, this is still ongoing. A lot of work needs to be done. I think uh, one of my observations talking to many organizations um, is the fact that they do have ESG strategy, but ESG strategy is sort of a parallel track mm -hmm. to their business strategy. And I don't think this approach is, 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 uh, is winning approach. They need to the be ESG strategy needs to be the integral part of business strategy. Um, and I think that is the shift they need to do. And some organizations are adopting this strategy, but not many. So I think that is the shift which needs to take place. And, uh, and also, um, I think we also have to be mindful of the fact that there are some organizations who are going through the ESG program as a you know, box ticking exercise. This is not mm -hmm. a box ticking. So it really, you know, they need to take their responsibility and they need to incorporate sustainability practices within their main uh, business strategy and they need to adopt their uh, business processes. They need to adopt the sustainability practices, uh, embed those and also make sure that uh, they uh, train and educate um, all the stakeholders um, in terms of uh, why they are doing this and how they are going to to transform. We did a we've done a previous podcast around the chief data officer, Gita, and what we've seen is that data is and, and AI has just exploded and become so important and that uh, the conversation was that the CDO will likely or potentially be the CEO in 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 you know not the too far too distant future and it's really interesting you talk there because not that there would necessarily be a chief esg officer per se but just the esg element of a, a and strategy um being incorporated into the top table conversations as opposed to it just being a a, a part of a business that exists in order to either do it really well or just as you say tick a box but actually be right within this the whole strategy of um, what an organization is doing commercially as well it seems to me like it needs to become more of that over time yeah no absolutely and it is happening it is happening as we speak so we are sort of going through that ESG transformation in terms of in, in all the industries. Mm. Um, and and we, are, we are not, you know, is we haven't got to the, you know, to, to the end of this journey. It's just the beginning. 
yeah. and is ongoing and is improving and is changing. And in organization are also learning, uh, you know, which kind of approach they need to take, how do they define it, which kind of objectives they they want to set for themselves in terms mm-hmm. of ESG, um, and uh, and give themselves targets. You can't just oh I'm becoming sustainable and uh, but what does it mean? Because what it means for a CBG company could be different from what it means for a financial services. Not could be, it is different. Yeah. Some aspects are the same, obviously. But, uh, you know, because in, this, in a manufacturing, for example, you need to think about how your manufacturing process need to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to think about your supply chain. Is your supply chain sustainable? Uh, have you thought about, uh, you know, the traceability? Where these uh, raw materials come from? Um, so it's so many aspects that you need to focus on and think about. Um, so, you know, industry by industry, sector by sector. Um, so it, it is it is complex. Uh, it is doable. We are seeing so many organizations with a great success story, but it, it needs a lot of efforts. It needs commitment from the board. It needs commitment from all the stakeholders. Obviously, investors need to be um, very much on board. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, many things need to change, you know, uh, business processes need to change. Uh, and um, the way you, you know, the traditional business model would, 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 would not work in, in, a, in a context of, a, you know, fully sustainable business. Uh, you need to move to, into a, a, a circular model in, term, in terms of, you know, your, your business. Um, and focus on uh, remanufacturing, recycling, uh, repurposing. Um, so those aspects become really, really key in, in, a, in a new model. And talking about moving from a, a linear economy to a circular economy and, and changing your processes and manufacturing in different ways and sourcing your raw materials and your resources in different ways to what you have done before you know that's that's those are the key elements but how how does an organization without getting into the nitty-gritty and the 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 boring parts of reporting and finding the data and building the data how does an organization actually measure their impact on Hmm. sustainability so esg performance is increasingly becoming sort of critical yeah, we, 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 we have been talking about financial performance for years and years and years. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not important. Of course, it's important. Uh, um, but the ESG um, performance also, uh, you know, becoming increasingly important. And so, so if you have to, if you have to measure that performance, that means you have to put a plan in place and monitor that, that plan and uh, make sure that the commitments that you made have been progressed. Yeah, and you have to think about also the reward element because, uh, you know, not always things happen just because, uh, you know, um, you want it to happen. You want, you have to, you have to make sure people are rewarded. There is a reward element and uh, and uh, they're sort of uh, uh, motivated from that perspective as well um, so um, I think um, is 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 very important that um, you know we take this as a sort of um, a, a sort of program of change in the company 
and we set very clear objectives and uh, we measure those obje objectives and we monitor the progress and people take accountability mm. for the commitments that they made. Mm. And I'm talking from business perspective, obviously, corporation, yeah. organizations, yeah. It felt like a few years ago that it was at the top of every CEO's agenda. You'd go on LinkedIn or you'd go on to somewhere where, you know, someone was sharing about the sustainability work, the environmental responsibility that their co corporation has and without any cynicism you clearly hope that it's not just a you know a PR stunt and it's for real and then yes. other things come into the world you know other variables wars recessions brexit art, now artificial intelligence and and you start to hear less about that so it's important to know i suppose and because you're so in it involved right now, Gita, are you still seeing a really concerted effort for the long-term focus for organizations when it comes to sustainability and and environmental responsibility and governance and social responsibility that they have? Yes, absolutely. I mean, corporate responsibility always existed, as, as, as you mentioned. So it's not something new. Mm. But the elements which are added are obviously the environmental um, you know, the environmental um, aspect, the social aspects are becoming increasingly important because obviously we are facing with these on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so um, I think, I, I do believe that this is, is a strong, um, you know, it is on the agenda of the, of the organizations. Um, and I do believe that they are trying to address uh, these issues. Uh, but some are, are are doing a better job than others. Uh, yeah. But I think we are going through that, uh, you know, through that, that 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 journey of all of us learning how we can do better, um, how, how we can make better impact, and how do we get there, and when do we get there? Because obviously, you know, we know about the UN SDGs, um, and uh, the target for that it was set for 2030. But 2030 is just around the corner. So, so you know, the, we, we have to be more realistic in terms of the timeline that we set to achieving these critical, uh, you know, issues. Um, mm. So it's the same in organization. They need to set uh, achievable target mm -hmm. um, in terms of how they are going to reduce use the CO2 for a scope one or a scope two um, and uh, how they are going to, you know, support the community. Uh, so, so all those aspects needs to be um, measured uh, and it needs to be, um, you know, linked to a, um, a feasible timeline and realistic timeline. I've heard um, when, when you talk about these topics, I've heard a lot of people talk about um, digital sustainability as a, a subsector of ESG and sustainability itself. But for me, it seems that digital sustainability is sustainability in itself. You know, a lot of what the way in which we can have impact around um, being socially and environmentally responsible is based on on the technology that drives it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know exactly what uh, what 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 these terms uh, incorporate, but uh, to me, technology is a strong enabler for sustainability. Um, and um, you know, we we talk about the green tech. We talk about 
uh, you know, technology in terms of uh, reducing the carbon consumption, um, and all this will be achieved through technology. So I don't think any of these, uh, you know, initiatives are uh, doable successfully without uh, leveraging technology. Um, so, um, so I think technology uh, is playing and will be playing a critical role in driving this change. Peter, if you, if you were advising an organization right now about the long-term sustainability of their business themselves, because sustainability, the word in itself means so much, right? Not just necessarily related to what we've been talking about per se. What would be, I suppose, some of the real top agenda points that you would that you would suggest and that you would ask or forecast for a business to look for in the next 10 years? in order to achieve that success for them? I mean, I don't know if you have 10 years, but okay, let's Five years. talk about <laughs> So I, th- I think my first question would be to the business, are you fit for the future? Because a sustainable business is a, is a business which is fit for the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and I would ask, you know, what is, what is your purpose? What, why are you here as a business? Are you here to serve your shareholders or are you here to serve the planet, to serve the society? Uh, and all, obviously, all society, shareholders, that would be, you know, that, that would be the balance that we all want. So, so I think it goes back to the purpose of the companies. They need to define it or redefine it. And uh, they need to commit on how do they you know, move on this journey and uh, how do they achieve the objectives that they set in terms of um, their impact mm. uh, to, the, to the environment, mm-hmm. to the society, to the, all the stakeholders. And it goes back to that word balance, doesn't it, ultimately? Yes, um, it does. Getting that balance right. And look, this has been an incredibly balanced conversation i'd say gita i think that the way that you consider both the business side of things but also the environmental side of the world bringing both of those together if 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 we were to all get that right i think we you know we've got a very strong future ahead of us and you know uh depends whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty type person but the future all being well is bright and having people like yourself and the companies that you're doing, that you're working with right now, you know, gives someone like myself comfort that you know we're in we're in safe hands ultimately as a planet, but also um, uh, you know large enterprise and, and SMEs that that all play towards that. And it's just been great chatting with you, and we wanted to thank you so much for your time. It was you know in, incredibly insightful and just great to hear some of the knowledge that you have and the insight into different sectors and industries. And it's just been a wonderful time spent. So we wanted to thank you so much indeed for, for being here with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. appreciate that, you know, you listen to me and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that it has been, you know, insightful. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Search and Succeed podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We'll see you on the next one.